everyone, welcome back for another episode of And Why. My name is Annie and I'm the host of this podcast. Today's episode is going to be with June. Uh, if you guys remember Nick Gwenther, I met June through Nick and it's such amazing connect because I love June. June really, really uh, relate to me on such a deep uh, cultural and uh, individual level and we're going to talk about all that today. She is the founder of Moxie Wells and she's going to touch upon that today, but we're going to really dive deep into this disconnect between the east and west and how we internally have this culture conflict as asian and americans and we're going to really dive deep into that and we're also going to talk about june's why in life and how she got to where she is so if you guys are interested in listening just tune in hey june how are you doing I'm good. How are you, Annie? I'm good. I'm very excited to have this episode recorded because our conversations our first time was like so good and so long. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to re- document that, you know? Yes, for sure. I feel the same way. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who don't know you, you know, what would, what would be the best way you would describe yourself? Um, wow. I've got a long story to tell. (laughs) I would say um, a few keywords. I I see myself as a global citizen, as someone who has a culture. I'm I'm still Chinese. Uh, I appreciate my um, cultural origin of Chinese culture. But I I do believe that I, I want to live in the world. I see the world is my home, so I see myself mm-hmm. as a global citizen, and I do want to be an advocate of of a um, Chinese traditional culture, and I want to connect the world culturally, especially between the East and West. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was probably the main thing we talked about that I think really stood out, because I'm also Chinese, Malaysian, mm. American, mm-hmm. so I have like that melting pot of Oh, I'm American, but I also um my parents are from Malaysia, but also their ancestors are from China. So that we have this yeah. like I have this mix of both, but I definitely do see that disconnect of the East and West. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the disconnect? I feel like you have a pretty good idea. Yes. So um that will um uh trace back to when I was living in the US, uh Actually, more than 10 years ago, I went to the U.S. in 2010 for graduate study. And then I li- basically just lived in Boston for the seven years for the whole time I was in the U.S. Um, at the time when I went to U.S., I-, I-, I believe every Chinese, especially every Chinese international students at that time, they were all holding that expectation American dream. Um, they believe that life is going to be glorious. It's going to be better. But I feel that, and maybe that's how I discover a very essential part of myself is I long for cultural connection. Like Mm -hmm. one of the reasons, even though it was not very explicitly like a picture out in my mind, but I do feel like, oh, I was going instead of like solely for an American dream, I was I was hoping for like a diverse culture environment. I was hoping to connect, to learn the language and to just like connect with different cultures. But I feel like I didn't, I didn't feel that when I was living in the US. 
And to my surprise, I found that, oh, uh, like since 2010, basically the whole media and the whole political scene, uh, like in the last 10 years has felt so much more tension between China and the U.S. So for me as a Chinese live in the U.S., like seeing the mainstream media is all picturing this like political conflict and agenda between the two countries, I feel kind of like... uh, like I think deeply, I felt a kind of personal uh, rejection because I was feeling like, oh, this environment I was about to call home, I want to call home, but actually mm-hmm. does it accept me as the Chinese identity? Um, and as it builds up and also as I grow more experienced and think more deeply about this issue, I found that oh, I think this division is mainly caused by the main, the mainstream media and is mainly driven by benefit groups and political like groups behind it. And I found that because mainly the, the political, the politicians focus on their benefits. They don't focus on mm-hmm. the, the cultural common, commonalities. But I still, I still enjoyed like a few conversations that gave me huge cultural belonging. So when I meet like a few friends, when I was in Boston, when I traveled to other places in America, there are people who are genuinely curious about me as as someone from Chinese culture, and um, not not like a, those typical uh, curiosity, you know, like <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. kind of like a common thing in the U.S. too. So I do, I still see, and and I think that kind of like the very enjoyable conversations that I encountered gave me that kind of sense, gave me that kind of direction of, oh, this is what I actually want to have in in a cultural connected place. So that's what I feel, oh, like I think authentic connection comes from when people are truly authentically curious about the other culture, the other cultural tribe about mm-hmm. they're curious about the food like what do we do as a person as individuals but not not about it's not about what benefits i can get from from um like oppressing the other side so that's where i felt okay this division um i think people are just too too influenced by the mainstream media they they like the kind of curious and also they they kind of like the like when i was living in the us i found like the media doesn't really openly and truly share about the other side in China. Um, Mm. So me as a person who have both lived in the China and then in the U.S. for quite a long time, I feel like I have like less biased perspective on what both lives would be and then how people could actually just like, like we actually still share a lot of commonalities culturally. So I feel like there, there is more, there's more hope if we can just connect culturally and rather than focus on what the media told us the other world is and and just like be biased about how the world is so that's when um i think that experience just made me realize okay there's some i think the world needs this and this also became my life purpose like it becomes my ikigai um Mm -hmm. yeah so um the concept ikigai really got me thinking on this and and now is when I talk about this, I feel like, oh, this is my life. This is what I need to be, what, what I need to do in my life because I've suffered from lack of cultural belonging. So I feel mm-hmm. like, okay, if I can bring the world a, a sense of more cultural connection and be less driven by political benefits, then I feel 
wow, then I feel I, I would fulfill my purpose of life. Yeah, that's so good. I also like knew about Ikigai. A lot of people don't know about it, but it's mm-hmm. a it's a really new, I feel like it's upcoming concept of like living your best life and fulfilling your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. So I really like I really resonated with you when you talked about self-rejection when mm-hmm. living in the US because mm-hmm. I think a lot of my peers and I who are also Asian American growing up, we kind of wanted to be white. Like we wanted to mm-hmm. achieve that status, that privilege, that identity of what it means to be white and then rejected ourselves because of all the propaganda that was shown on the media. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. being cats and dogs, like all that stuff. And those are not necessarily bad, but then it just, it's being shown in such a very aggressively negative way that it makes yes. me feel like, oh, I don't want to be Chinese. I don't want yes. to identify as Chinese. So I definitely yes. agree with the self-rejection. It's like really, really toxic and Mm. I didn't know that it was bad until I grew up and I was like wow I really really distanced myself from my culture Uh, Mm. so how do I reconnect like what what, what would you suggest to someone who's like me who wants to reconnect and what are you personally doing um, to help bridge the two cultures together now that you know both yes um um First, uh, if I can share a story, I, I think yeah. that story, like it's, it's like one of the lifetime experience. And I, I think that story is like, is the impetus of how I realized, oh, like basically made me have the same awakening. So it was like, holy shit, I've been basically wanting to be fit into the, this American environment is um, after, basically after I left US, that's when I joined remote year. And that's basically how we're connected through Nick. Um we were, I think it was a, like a year long, like a travel experience. We, I think in, uh, uh, no, uh, yes. So in month six, we were in Morocco and Morocco, like Africa was, that was the first con, like uh, basically the first time that I was in the Africa continent. And it has been, I've always seen Morocco is a, is a very like remote culture, like it's been far away. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when we were there and also there, there weren't like that many Chinese tourists, like it wasn't a very, very popular Chinese, like a tourist destination. So when we were there and then we went on this trip to the Sahara desert and the locals, they call themselves Berbers. And the language also was called Berber. So we, it was uh, because we're in Sahara desert. So at night there's no electricity. So the only thing that we can do at night after dinner, like for entertainment, it was just singing and dancing. So then we're just like a group of us, including like three Berbers and also a bunch of us remote year um, people. And I'm the only Chinese, but that group was also very international. Um, I think we have like five nationalities. There's one from the US, Canadian, German, uh, British, and me. Uh, and also one Australian. So it's very like an mm-hmm. um, international group which I like. Um, and then as we surround the fire, like campfire, and they were about to sing, like they, they sing a bit, the Berbers show their songs of their cultures. And then at that time, the Berber asked me, because I'm the only Chinese, he asked me, hey, I do know a Chinese song, sing as a Chinese song. And that question, like suddenly just brought some, like it makes me feel flattered because never... At that time, it was only six months after I left U.S. for living there for seven years. 
Right. It made me awaken to the fact that in the seven years of living in the U.S., nobody has ever asked me a very curious cultural question is, oh, what's a Chinese song? Like people would always just say, oh, you're from China. I love Chinese food. And what they're talking about, it just goes like a <laughs> kind of tell Chinese takeaways. Like it's very typical. But then the Berbers asked me this curious question about what's a Chinese song? Like it just show it makes me feel very it makes me feel a sense of connection yeah because they're truly authentic like authentically curious and then I sent a song and the Berbers doesn't say anything like they didn't they didn't they didn't say their pre-assumption assumption about what Chinese culture is in their Moroccan culture they didn't show any of their judgment of what a Chinese song would be. They just asked mm. me. And as I sang it, they just accompanied me with their with their instruments, melodies. They do the drum beats. They also sing along with me, even though they don't know Chinese. And I, I basically later, I just like hummed the song in melody. I didn't speak in Chinese um, with the Chinese lyrics. And the Berbers just sing along. Like they just like do the like the the rhythm and the drum beats mm-hmm. with me and then that whole thing because the reverse of i actually very like a genius about like uh music i think like at that time the melody was just so upbeat and very <laughs> enjoyable that they make like people from other five nationalities sing the song with me and that night is like oh man like that leaves a very deep remark in, in my heart that night because th- that was the first time I realized, oh, like people actually are curious about Chinese culture right. um, very authentically. Like it was just because I'm living in the U.S. where where this culture scene kind of seems also um, becomes like um, autogenous. Like it, it becomes just like one kind. Like mm-hmm. people are people lack the kind of like a curious and diverse perspective on Chinese culture, on, on foreign culture. And that's when I realized, oh, I've been, like that was the first time I truly embraced my Chinese culture, like a root origin. I didn't mm-hmm. want to fit in in American culture because in, at, at that night, that group has so many other nationalities and cultures. And even like, um, like a Berbers are actually a very indigenous, like a, like in, um, a very local culture that's being like very mm. far away from the mainstream media depicts. So that story made me feel like, oh, so, so I guess like, I, I, I'm grateful for that event happened that night. Like, I think it's very impromptu. Like it, it, like I didn't expect things would lead to that way to my, to finally make me awaken to the fact that, oh, I've been mm. fit in. I've been trying to yeah. fit in. But I think to at this time as so many things has happened, like especially about um, the no hate Asian movement, a no Asian hate movement, like mm-hmm. a thing happening in the US, right? And so many things has happened. I do believe that especially the Asians and other cultures, they have more realizations that this is an issue now in the US. And I think yeah. a lot of people are doing the efforts to to make us all a, a, a re- see the truth clear more clearly that yes we we have been we have been like kind of trying to fit in, in into the american environment and so my advice is just that 
where I, I would say like the one word I would like to share to everyone is I I would have hoped that when when I was in the U.S. ten years ago, since two thousand ten, I would have known this better. Is that I think the truth is that you just have to embrace who you are, like truly, like、mm-hmm. in an environment of so many cultures, and especially when the people in power. Um, when the people who are the top one hundred percent and the people who are behind the mainstream media that that can influence the whole country's mindsets, it's very easy to lose that. But but the truth is in front of us. Like we、mm-hmm. look, we like genetically we're just Asian,、right. and if we know our history, our ancestors came from that piece of land on the other side of Pacific Pacific Ocean. And our grandparents, or even parents, they still speak that language of Chinese or Malaysian or other culture. So、mm-hmm. this is truth. Like we're born this way. We cannot ignore the fact that we are Chinese, and we do our culture do like embody this like another great wisdom of like people from thousands of years of history. Like we cannot ignore this. If we're born this way, then we should embrace that. Like this is the truth in front of us. We shouldn't neglect that. But living in the U.S. doesn't mean that we should be against other culture. I mean, this、mm-hmm. country originally, when it started, it is a country of immigrants. So I think the right way, the right mindset, is just that you see the truth of yourself, but then you accept, like you openly accept other people who shares different. Like genetic looks or languages or、um, histories、um, fr- from their culture, you just openly embrace that and be curious about that, because this is just the truth. Like this is what's just in front of us. Don't be, don't get biased or influenced by what the media says. Don't, don't trust because you have never been there. If you have never been to, for example, Middle East, then don't trust the media saying, oh. Like people in Syria or whatever is doing something harmful to our country, so that's why、right. the country is is doing certain things. Don't trust that. Trust what you see in front of you. Trust the truth. That's what I would suggest.、Um, yeah, that's very accurate. Yeah. That's、mm-hmm. really true. But how do you how do you advise the world of Gen Zs who grew up with social media, who didn't necessarily、mm. have such a blueprint, you know, to be like, oh. What I'm reading is not 100 true, and I have to fact check and like that because back then it was like the media was the truth. Now it's like yes, everything yes. is written so quickly and so fast and so inaccurately that what we we have to actually triple, maybe ten times check it just to make sure it's fact.、Um, yeah. So how would you advise those young kids because they are reading everything and they 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 believe everything and then they react to everything. Yeah.、Um- I would suggest, and I and I also think this is the thing I constantly remind myself is,、um, I think questioning is a very important and essential skill set of us living in this world.、Um, I even don't know how to assess the the, the truth, like if the, if all the media are saying the truth, and I have found myself being surprised that the media I trust before.、Um, Wasn't saying something that's like that I know wasn't saying something that's one hundred percent truth. So I、mm. I find that the best way is to actually to always have the benefits of doubt.、Mm. Um, 
and try your best just to be to be unbiased by um, always questioning on um, things that if you don't if you and even I found like if you see something like you're not always seeing the truth you're just seeing things with your perspective um, the real truth maybe just did underneath um, mm. and I I believe like what's I can that's with there there's a uh, like f- philosophical story about like um like people in, in that cave were seeing the shadows of what's behind them but so they they thought that's the truth but but actually you know like the truth is way out there like if you yeah. d- don't go out of that cave you wouldn't see anything so my suggestion is that practice the kind of mindsets of always questioning something it it definitely took like a very long time to finally realize that questioning is um it seems very very simple but it was so easily ne- neglected in this world, and uh, and the, the school, the education system doesn't doesn't teach mm. us to question. Yeah. Like like right, like our class is always about lecturing, and especially when I grew up in China, like a question is never is never seen as a, even a good virtue. Like a good student should just listen to what the teacher said. Right. But as it was later until like I I grew with so many experiences later, and then I realized. God, like questioning is a very is a very essential skill set. Like now I would also I would admire people with great questioning skills, like with great critical thinking skills. Right. So I I would say like just keep in mind and especially now you have mentioned that like the Gen Z are so like the whole world is media. And I do believe some part of the media they're advocating that kind of notion that so social media shouldn't be all your, all of your life. There are a lot of differences between social media and realities. Mm-hmm. So I think Gen Z, um, the young generations, should just pay attention to that and then just remind themselves that yes, you have heard you have heard some people are saying that there are differences between realities and social media. So you should keep that in mind. Like, don't be. It's very easy to be. Drip, to be influenced by the social media, by the glory part of the social media, um, to make you feel better because it gives us dopamine rush, and um, and that's then it, it, it's understandable because it's our physical right. reaction. But just keep in mind that while you're enjoying that dopamine rush, you should be mind. Oh, you should you should ask yourself. Oh, if this if this is really what realities are like. What part am I? I'm not seeing what assumptions is this post is really talking about. Like when it, mm-hmm. and especially I find like maybe just like a trick. I usually find the stronger a social media is trying to tell you that usually means that oh that has something behind that because right. I I think a strong opinion always starts from like some uh, all uh, often starts from even stronger motives. Like it definitely wants <laughs> yeah. to tell you something, right? And no matter yeah. it's good or bad, it may be good in some perspective, in some context, but you should. But I think as a practice of questioning, just keep in mind that um, ask yourself like, oh, is this really true? Like, is, is this something different from what I've always known? If it's different or if it's the same, then just just like start to think like why it's different like why I couldn't believe this or why I believe this for something that I've always believed for so long like why mm-hmm. you believe that why you believe right. 
the 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 right like there's so many things that's so simple but we we rarely question is really true yeah yeah for sure it really really does come down to questioning i think it does i think it's pretty much universal that questioning something is being looked down upon because it Mm. makes you come off as unintelligent because if you're quiet and you listen it's like oh you're smart you know everything but yeah. as, actually questioning, ironically, is how you get better and how you get smarter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I 100% agree. So that's why we're having this interview. We're asking questions. We're having yes. a discussion. <laughs> yes. And, um, and also, uh, I didn't answer your questions about what I'm doing for, for that yeah, yeah. purpose of connecting the culture. So <clears throat> it is um, – and also <clears throat> coming from that Ikigai awakening – I realized that, oh, I should embrace my Chinese culture and do something about this. Because as as a Chinese, I couldn't, I I didn't know any other culture better than my own culture. I mean, right. um, and I grew up, I, I still, I love, I, I was born and grew up in China for 22 years before I went to the U.S. And, um, and, and also this is something I realized after I left U.S. and came back to China is I realized, oh, actually a lot of things I take for granted is actually deemed as like very interesting things or, or um, great wisdom in uh, Western culture, um, right. in other countries in Europe and, and also um, in uh, Latin America is traditional Chinese medicine is a, is a very... Um, it actually has a quite a lot of interest in those audiences in those areas, and I have just take it for granted. And and honestly, even like before I went to the U.S., I was never, I never really like used traditional Chinese medicine. It has mm-hmm. been kind of deemed as a as an old thing, and because it's not very evidence based. So then, in, in China, the mainstream still they emphasize on like the truth, like the like the actual facts so then actually a lot of people doesn't doesn't really appreciate traditional chinese medicine but to my surprise there are i found or at least i'm exposed to more people who are from outside culture like a foreign culture and they're so interested in traditional chinese medicine and that makes me kind of curious too and and then and then combined to the experience that after i left the u.s and went back to china i happened to know this girl and we're friends now. She's she's very into um, traditional Chinese medicine. And then she introduced me to a kind of herbal healing method called moxibustion. Um, mm-hmm. When I mentioned, oh, I have period, uh, I have period cramps. Um, and then like, and also I also feel cold. So this is kind of like a shared comment, um, like a, a problem for a lot of girls. So then she just told me, hey, you should do more moxibustion. And she tried it on me. So it's basically just burning a, um, a rolled stick of dried mugwort. So mugwort is actually the herb. And traditional Chinese medicine believe that this herb has a lot of healing methods. It warms up the body and it warms up the, bo- the, the blood flow. So traditionally for a lot of, the, for thousands of years, it's always been deemed as like a very good herb for women. Because we as girls, like we have, we have like less, um, less well uh, blood circulation. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of us are always holding hands. So I tried that and I found out, oh, this is actually very interesting. Like this is, 
And and also at that time, like after I I went back to China and, and like close to my thirties, I I think a lot of my mindsets changed too. Like I have start to believe that science is no longer the only way to explain the world and the reality. So I kind of like I I was yeah. more inclined to believe oh there are some holistic health approach that. Don't just treat the symptoms as evidence based and medicine approach. But I also believe that nature, the herbs, have some healing effects. It is not obvious, <clears throat> but it's definitely doing something good to her body. And that moxie Boston her like herbal healing methods just aligns uh, aligns on that. And um, as I did more research on it, I feel like oh, this is actually something that. Women in China, in traditional Chinese culture, have been doing for the thousand years to treat their body better, to heal their uterus better, to make them feel warmer, have better blood flow, and to have less period cramps. It has like so many wisdom that just、mm-hmm. wasn't really brought up to the world, and I. So at that time, I feel like, oh, this is something that I feel is is kind of representative of my culture origin. And I want to share it to the other world, and also as I have seen that there are quite a lot of acupuncture like practices clinics in the U.S. and even in London and other in, in even in Australia, I find there are so many. So why don't I just introduce this to to the world too? Like I mean, this is just、mm-hmm. one kind, like this is just one method of traditional Chinese medicine protocol.、Um, it is also very beneficial to women. And since and and then then beyond that, this is a to me this is a representation of Chinese culture as me, and I、mm-hmm. want to advocate this to the world. And I do believe that people will see the 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 wisdom of this. So for me, then I think just one day naturally, I feel like oh, I should do something about this. So I started this brand called Moxiewell. And my vision for this brand basically is to first to connect East and West. Culturally, and then the second is just to empower women to really reclaim their feminine strength, to no longer feel guilty about the pericramps or any of their uterine problems or hormone imbalance.、Mm-hmm. Um, because I do feel like this is also an issue of like women not getting the the things they should get, getting the positions they would al- already have in this world. So I、right. believe that to use、um, to heal our uterine health as a as a starting point to really make us all reclaim our feminine strength is also very important. And if I can do that with the help of a cultural <clears throat> wisdom that's from my own cultural origin, and if I can do this to make the East appreciate the Eastern wisdom a little bit more, to make that cultural connection. I would feel like, oh, then the, the brand really would fulfill its purpose. So this is what I'm currently doing, and I do know that this is a cultural change, and it would require a very long journey. But this is my, this is my life purpose. So I'm very passionate about, like, slowly nurturing this brand and then just making this notion happen. Yes,、yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to like see more of it and to. Really help you get where you want to be, which is I'm so glad we had this conversation, 
And just to kind of add upon, guys, I feel like we talked about this already, like me being an Asian American, my dad always introduced Chinese medicine to me. Mm-hmm. And I always thought the American medicine were better because, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up in it. And, you know, Americans are just louder and better at marketing. But mm-hmm. I think the ch- Chinese medicine has been around for longer. And the reason why it's being used is because it has worked for thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of years. And it's like yes. the, to ignore that just because it, wa- it wasn't scientifically proven is ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see more of your stuff and to mm-hmm. use it and to, you know, because my hormones be crazy too. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to like try it and give it a shot and to, you know, reconnect back to my culture because I'm losing mm-hmm. that touch as I'm getting older mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to also, you know, not lose my American side, but also reconnect with my Chinese side. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I do agree with you that Americans are very good at marketing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And this is also what I learned from my time living in the US is I worked there, like my work experiences are from the American kind of like a business environment. Mm-hmm. So I think like maybe this for me is a connection of between the East and West. It also combines the fact that I'm 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 using what I learned from the Western mindset, from the American yes. that kind of savvy business experience. Yeah to use that to advocate this in- indigenous traditional ancient Chinese culture. So I think yeah. that kind of also that it, that process, that journey is all is also a kind of combination of me as well as is a be like of East and West. I'm not like because I, I now don't see myself a global as a like only Chinese. Now I see myself a global citizen, like a, mel- a melting like flush of so many yeah. other cultures and mindsets. So I do believe like this is just me doing things to really like a practice, the act of connecting East and West. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. This is amazing. I'm really glad yeah. that we talked about this again. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to share this with the audience. Like, do you have a website for uh, Moxie Boxy? Uh, yes. So, uh, Moxie Well's website is moxiewell.life, M I, wait, M O X I W E L dot life. Um, but I also have a personal website. I, it's not very, it doesn't have a lot of content there, but I do see as, as my, like my mm-hmm. online, like a name card. So it's my yeah. Chinese name actually. So it's Y-U-A-N-J-U-N-L-I-U dot C-O. Yes. Yay. Okay. I will mm-hmm. link those both in the description. But thank you so much, Jean, for you know sharing this because I feel like we have we see eye to eye on so many things. And I'm so yes. excited to, you know, support each other mm-hmm. in any way we can on mm-hmm. this long journey together. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to share what I want to express to the world and then also to share to the world um, what, what they need to hear. So I'm really grateful for yes. this. Yeah. Yay. Well, I hope you have a great day in, you know, <laughs> in, in China time. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have a great night. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Okay, awesome. Thank you for your time, Annie. You have a good Thank night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, lovely people. If you guys are interested in listening to more episodes from us, since you made it all the way to the end, might as well subscribe to our podcast. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, please, if you want to, 
give us a rate and review so that we can reach more people with our stories. If you guys don't want to do any of those things, uh, if you want to, share us on social media and we'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode. And to look, I look forward to seeing you in other episodes as well. But yeah, bye. Thank you.